Hello, everyone. Welcome to God's Internet Church Podcast, episode 107. I am your host, Pastor Ron Weaver of God's Internet Church Podcast and of God's Internet Church Online Ministries. I count it an honor and privilege to be here to share with you what God's put on my heart. Uh, I know the podcast has been sparse, but we, I promise you, it's going to get better. Um, me and my wife was blessed with a new place, and it would be fewer distractions. The office set part would be fewer distractions, and I'll be able to do it and uh, have more time because where we are now, it's hard to... Um, to get everything done like I want because there's four people in a small trailer and they go to bed early and stuff and during the day and they're noisy and it's so it's kind of hard to get a chance to do it so that's part of the reasons why we've been so sparse so please be patient with us please be loyal there's some of you stuck with us I appreciate it last week we didn't get around to it because um, I didn't get a chance to get online to let anyone know that we're going to be off the air. And, uh, but something dropped into my lap that I had to take care of. And, but I'm sorry that I didn't have no one else to come do. I am going to maybe try to work on to having a co a host to take over for me when I'm not there. So we are working on that. Um, but last time we were together here in God's Internet Church podcast, we were talking about Job chapter 29 and Job chapter 30. And basically, we're going to be finishing up on the subject. No, well, no, we're not. He, Job, was talk, Job was making a list of his troubles, okay, in chapter 30. And then chapter 29... He was describing his life before his troubles started, okay? So we're going to pick up today in chapter 31, and there's 11 thoughts there today. It depends how far God goes with the ministry. Um, if we have time, we may step into chapter 32 along with chapter 31, but it's, it's kind of this is kind of ending his speech of these last two subjects. So the next chapter starts a new subject about um, one of his friends talking. So it all depends how God leads because I hate to start another subject where it'd be confusing. Okay. But we'll see. Um, but we're going to pray right now and ask God to be with us as we do this uh, podcast and let him guide us. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I ask you right now to take a coal of heaven's altar and anoint these lips of clay. I just ask you right now, Lord, let the, what I say be what you want and not what I want. I just ask you to move by your spirit and let us accept your word, Lord, on what is being said and apply it to our lives and use it for your glory. Now, as I said, 
we're going to be in Job chapter 31. Now, before we go into Job chapter 31, I just got an announcement. We will have prayer requests. We got the list and everything. We will continue our prayer request. Um... Prayer request um, time, and let me tell you, God knows what we need. Okay, and I'm, you know, with the move and everything we had, we are going. You know, we needed to keep on. You know, pack things, and we just took time for us to find it. Um, but, and another announcement next Tuesday, it's after the holiday, so um, I will be doing another podcast to have a, a head of a head for the library and then I will put it out so it will be there on Tuesday because like I said we're going to be moving but I will have the podcast ahead and in fact I think we're going to start taking a day and just do like a month's worth ahead of time and then all I have to do on the day of it is just add it that way it's not missing anything but I like doing it the day of it because it's fresh it's new you guys get it the next day, so we'll pray about it and see how God adds. Now, we're going to get into Job chapter 31. We already prayed. And Job is going to be finishing his speech, just as I said. And what we're going to do, like we always do, is take the next 55 minutes to share chapter 31 okay and we're going to start with the first four verses and then we explain what God is leading okay it says verse 1 I promised that I would not think about young women in a sexy manner God has decided what man deserves he would not reward me for such behaviors so God would punish the wicked man and people who do evil deeds will suffer. God sees my behavior. God knows all my actions. Okay? In Job chapter 22, verses 4 through 9, Zippah accused Job Suppose that Job was guilty of many evil deeds. Okay? Zippah made a list of particular evil deeds, but Zippah was guessing and he had no evidence, okay? So this is Job's reply from chapter 22 to Zippah, okay? And Job's reply to Zippah in chapter 31, Job made a list of many more de evil deeds and Job insists that he was innocent, Job agreed that a guilty person deserves a terrible punishment. But Job was not guilty, and he did not deserve his troubles. Okay? Now, verse 1. 
Job was careful about his his deeds, and he was also careful about his thoughts. Jesus wants us thoughts. Jesus warned us about our thoughts in Matthew five twenty eight. Okay, so let's see. Let's go there to Matthew Matthew five, chapter verse twenty eight. Real quick, Matthew five, verse twenty eight. Soon, let me get it up here. Matthew five, verse twenty eight. Okay, Matthew five. Verse 28. And it says, But I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her committed adultery, and her adultery with her already in his heart. So what is this saying? Well, this is saying here, and I hate to say this, men, I hear this all the time. And the sad thing is, I hear this from a lot of Christians. And it says here that if you even look on a woman in lust, you're already committed adultery. You're already sinned against God. And you're already sinned against your relationship. That's what Matthew 28 says. Okay? But the world wants you to believe that looking at another woman is okay. No matter if you're single and no matter if you're married. But let me tell you something, saints. It's not okay when you're single or married. Because if you see a woman and you see something that attracts you, what does the Bible tell us? When we see sin, we need to run away from it. Ask God to forgive us. Don't put yourself in that situation. Okay? And if you're a single man, yes, your eye is going to wander. But God is telling you here, you got to keep your eye from wandering. Now, is it wrong to look upon her face? No. But if it, is it wrong to fantasize while you're looking around her face? Yes. Because... You know, there's nothing wrong in dating and seeing her. But if you're seeing her in a sexual way, that's the sin. You got to go then and start rebuking the devil and getting him behind you. Just like Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. That's what you need to start. That's what we need to start doing. And if you're married and you're looking man or woman, it says a woman here, but man or woman looketh on someone lustfully, and you're married, you're actually committing two sins. You're, you're, you're cheating on your wife by looking, because you're committing adultery, and you're committing a sin by committing adultery by doing it. So, God wants us to be very careful. Now, let's go back to what we were learning here. Job said he's careful about his deeds, and he's also careful about his thoughts. Okay? So, Job is telling us right here what I just said. 
we have to be careful on what we do and what we dwell on. See, the battle takes in the heart, our spiritual selves. But our spiritual self, man, and our inner man tries to control the brain together. And your self is saying it's okay. But your spirit is telling you, eh, eh. And we got to learn to stop. We got put this ourself in, in check and start listening to their spirit man, which is controlled by God. Okay? So, let's go to the book of Psalms 139. Book of Psalms. 139 Book of Psalms 139 And we're going to look at verse 1-10 For this next part that covers verses 2-4 to on Job Okay and it says in verse 1, O Lord, thou hast searched me and knows me. Thou knowest my downsetting and my uprising. Thou understands my thoughts afar off. Thou compassed my path and my lying down, and are acquired acquaintance with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast Beset me be behind before and laid thy hands upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. Whether it shall go, shall I go from thy spirit or whether shall I flee from thy presence? I ascend up into heaven. Thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thee are there. If I take the wind wings of a morning and dwell in the uttermost part of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, Surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from, from thee. But I might shineth as the day of darkness, and the light are both like thee. So what are these verses? I went a little bit to verses of it, but what are these verses explaining to us? Well, basically, these verses are explaining for us. No matter where we are, God is with us. If you're at school, God is with you. If you're at work, God is with you. If you're in the car, God is with you. If you're in someone else's bed you're not supposed to be with, God is with you. If you're lying and cheating, God is with you. If you're having premarital sex, God is with you. In other words, God is telling us here, He is here and He is watching. Now, there's another pastor I used to sit on before I sit under this pastor here, two pastors ago. And this pastor used to say, and his name is Gary Levi, that the dark 
it's a cloudy day. He don't believe this, but that's what the excuse people. Well, it's a cloudy day, and it's cloudy, and it's raining. God don't see my sin today. That's what people think, that it's, the clouds are blocking heaven. But let me tell you something, saints. Psalms 139, verses 1 through 10, 1 through 12, just basically told us, He's wherever we go, okay? He's wherever we go. So Job knew, verses 2 through 4, that God was his judge, so Job was careful about his behavior. So we got to be careful about our behavior. We got to start thinking that God is in the room. You heard of the thing, we got to address the elephant in the room. No, I'm not calling God an elephant. But God is in that room with us. And if we, we got to act like we would at church. Some Christians act one way at church and then act another way out in the world. And they're thinking that God's not seeing them. Or not realizing it. Let me tell you. You can't realize that now if you're in this podcast. Because it just got brought up that God is with you. And we have to be like Job and watch our behavior. A man might hide his evil deeds from other people. But no one can hide from God. And let me tell you something, saints. I just shared this message Sunday, at Sunday last Sunday night. And it's on Facebook Live in the group called God's Internet Church on God's Internet Church. And you can go to Facebook, go to the search bar, put God's Internet Church. It will bring the group up and it's easy to join. Just hit join and it will automatically let you join and just go scroll down to... Um, we got to keep ourselves clean before God. I think that's what I named the sermon why we got to keep ourselves clean before God. And basically we were talking about the scripture when Jesus was talking to the Pharisees and the scribes in the book of Matthew about washing the dish in the inside and out because the inside is just more putrid than the outside. And the thought there was, was that we have to clean the inside. You might bathe the food people on the outside, but eventually that 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 dish or that metaphor for you will get comfortable and it will crack and people will see who you are and God sees you who you are inside and out okay no matter what now so Job's attitude with regards to attractive women okay that's what that those thoughts were now we're going to discuss Job's attitude with regards to lies. Alright. And we're going to look at verses 5 through 8. And it says, I have not told lies. I have not created other people. Cheated other people. God should test me fairly. Then he will know that I am innocent. My actions are right. I have not allowed evil things to tempt me. I have not carried out wicked deeds. Verse 8. If I was if if I were guilty, I would deserve to suffer. Other people should take the time, take the things that I have earned and I would deserve to lose my crop. Unfortunately, that happened to Job. But he didn't sin against God. It was the devil trying to 
you know, get Job to curse God, and God allowed it, okay? But I just didn't want you to misunderstand. Job didn't do nothing wrong here. But, but it happens. Sometimes God does that to prove the devil wrong or to get us back on track or get us off the sin track. Okay, verse 5 and 6 dealt with this. Job was careful not to lie. Other people may believe a person who lies, but God always knows the truth. That's what you got to remember. You might lie, but God knows the truth, and you are recarnable to him. Because it's a sin to lie. And God don't like lies. All right. Job was careful about his actions, his thoughts, and his behavior. In other words, he knew God was with him. Still, he's still talking about that, and he was careful. And verse 8, an evil person does not deserve success. Sometimes, maybe our ministry is being held back because of some kind of sins in our life. Am I saying it's a sin because we lusted after a woman? No. Am I saying it's a sin that we lied? No. It could be something of our action that we didn't realize or our deeds. We did it for the wrong reason or, or our behavior. All right. Now, and basically that's all God and the thoughts of that was simple right to the point. So let's go to the third thought here. And it says, Job's attitude regards to sex. Now, if this was a youth class, they would be saying, oh, no, you're talking about sex again. We just talked about it a few seconds ago. I had a class, a preteen class, and there was a book that the whole quarter, in a roundabout way, was talking about their feelings and how they should handle this. And by the end of that book, one of my students came up and says, can I have that book? I said, yeah, why? He says, I'm going to go home and burn it. Because it made him deal with things. And, and I think it was a symbolic thing that we, had, that we would write a list out. And then if we burn this book and burn it, the sins are gone, just like they would do at the altar. And, and he, why he's asking for forgiveness. And I often wonder, and I want to ask him, did he ever take it, burn it? Because he took, I gave him the book. I actually had two of them. And I gave him the book, and I don't know if he burned it or not, but that told me God dealt with him. And that's a good thing. Because if the Word of God don't deal with you, there's something wrong with you. So, the third thought is Job's attitude regarding to sex. Okay? Verse 9 to 12, it says, I have not decided to have sex with another man's wife, and I have not tried to have sex with my neighbor's wife. A man who does such things deserves to lose his own life, his own wife. He cannot complain if the other man has sex with her. This is a shameful matter. It is an evil deed, and that man deserves punishment. Such actions cause terrible troubles, like the fire in hell. 
it was it, if I was guilty, I would deserve to lose everything. Now we're going to look at verses nine to twelve, but before we do that, to read, let's go to the book of Jude, the book of Jude. I'll tell you the chapter in a moment. The book of Jude. That's in the New Testament. The book of Jude, chapter number 7. And we're going to start in verse 1. And I have some of this mark from preaching before. And we're going to read the whole 25 verses. All right. As is Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called, mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, when I have all diligence to write unto you of this common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. For there are certain men crept and unaware who were behold of old origins to his commandments. Ungodly men turned the grace of our God into lovelessness and denying the only Lord God and other Lord Jesus Christ. I would therefore put you in remembrance, through ye once knew this, how that the Lord has saved the people of the land of Egypt, after he destroyed them, and believed not. And the angels which kept not their first estate, or first love, but left their own inhabitants, he has reversed an everlasting chain under the darkness, unto the judgment of the great day. Even as Solomon and Gomorrah and the cities about them is like manner giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, for set forth for an example suffering vengeance of eternal life. Likewise also these filthy dreamers, also the flesh despise Dominion and speak evil of digitants. Yet Michael was the archangel when he contended with the devil. He disputed about the body of Moses, Durst, and not being against him in rolling accusation, but said, The Lord rebukes thee. But these speak evil of those things which they know not, but what they know naturally as brutal beasts. In those things they corrupt themselves. Who's are unto them? For they have gone in the way of Cain and ran gre greedily after the heir of Balaam and reward with the parish in the grain saying of the core. There are spots in your feast of charity when they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear. Cloud they are without water, carried about of wind. Trees whose fruit within our fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the root. Raging waves of the sea, 
forming out of their own shame, wandering stars to whom is reserved the blackness of the darkness forever. And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam's prophesies of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute the judgment upon all and to convince that all that are ungodly among them of their ungodly deeds, which they have ungodly committed, of all their hard speech, which ungodly sinners have spoke against them. These are the murmurers, complainers, walking after their own lust and their own mouth, speaking great, great swelling words, having the men person in admiration because of the advantage. But, beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostle of our Lord Jesus Christ, how they told you there should be mockers in the last time, who should walk after their own ungodly lust. These be they who separate themselves sensually, having not the Spirit, but ye, beloved, building up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keeping yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, and unto eternal life. And some have compassion, making a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire. Haiti even the garment spotted by flesh. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling, and to present you, you faultless before the presence of the glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. Now, a husband and wife should only have sex with each other. And unmarried people should not have sex. This is God's command in Deuteronomy 5.18. Let's deal with that first. What is this telling us? This is telling us sex is between a husband and wife and should be between one husband and one wife. Not cheating on her husband or husband cheating on her wife. And not with strange flesh. And it says unmarried people should not have sex. So if you're not married, you shouldn't be out there fornicating. Bottom line. Jesus also taught this in Matthew 5, 27 and 28. Jude also warned about such behavior associated in the behaviors with the fire of hell. So basically, God gives us three different verses talking about husbands and wives only having sex, not cheating on each other, and married people shouldn't have sex. Three different places in the Bible. He's teaching this. God's teaching this. That tells me God, God is serious about this. Deuteronomy 5.18 Matthew 5, 27-28 and then Jude 7 like we just read. And I encourage you to go back and study Deuteronomy 5, 18 and Matthew chapter 5, verses 27 and 28. 
to see how it's all comparing together. Okay. Of course, God will forgive people who confess their evil deeds to him. But this was not what Job was saying. Job was explaining that he was innocent. So he wanted to show that he knew the serious nature and such behavior. Now, in other words, he wasn't explaining this to teach us this personally. But God was using him to do this to teach us. But he was trying to convince his friends to show them that he was serious about the nature of such behaviors. That he wouldn't go out and do this. And Okay? Now, we're going to talk about Job's and the fourth thought here, Job's attitude regarding to his servants, of how he wants to treat his servants. And that's, thir that's verses 13 and 14. All right? When my servants complaineth, I was fear to them. And when my maids complained, I was fear to them, too. I realized that myself must explain my actions to God. I must be ready to answer God. My servants are as important as I am. This is because God makes everybody. God made me and God also made my servants. Alright. I want us to go to the book of James. The book of James. And it's in the New Testament, towards the end. Chapter number 5. We're going to look at verses 1 through 5. It says, Go to now, ye rich men, and weep and, and bow, for your mysteries shall come upon you. Your riches are corrupt, and young, your garments are moistened. Your gold and silvers is cankerous, and the rust of them shall be wit witness against you. You shall eat your flesh, and it it with fire. Ye have heaped treasure together for the last days. Behold, the hire of the of the laborers who have reaped down your fields, which is you have kept back by fraud, crieth, and cries of them which have responded are entered into the ears of the Lord of Sabbath. Sabbath. You have lived in pleasures on the earth and been wanton. You have nourished your heart in the days of the slaughter. Often a wealthy man does not respect his servants. That man might be very proud he may think he is more important than the other people. James warned such an attitude is very evil. And it is. And it is. Because let me tell you something, saints. This because there's a rich man and he's doing good don't mean he's any better than the man that plucks his corn or plucks his wheat 
or harvests his peas or his grapes. He put, there's an old saying, I put my pants on one leg at a time, just like they do. The only difference is they have money. But I'm not saying all rich people are evil. There are rich people out there that give of their finances. And they help the poor. And they help the house of God. God is talking about the people here who's in it for themselves. And it reminds me of a show I watched in Little House on the Prairie. And there was this farmer who actually was richer than the rest of Charo Ingalls on the farm. And they all agreed not to bust and give in to the railroad because the railroad was trying to take over the thing and give the farmers cheap wheat, cheap prices. And that would cause poverty upon Hero Township, which is, you know, in Walnut Grove. And they all agreed. And then that rich man didn't think about the rest of them and sold his crop for a price. And then everyone else took a loss. Why? Because he didn't think about his neighbors. He didn't think about his actions. Yes, we got a right to make money, but you got to be about making mankind. He was kind of like Scrooge. He was more worried about him than what would happen to the local economy. And what money would have had he could have spent if the mercantile closed? And let me tell you something, saints. It did happen. A few shows later, they were all packing up and leaving Walnut Grove. Even the one that owned the store. Why? Because the economy went bad. And they went to go look in places where they could get work and get money. Now they all ended up back and they restarted the town. It took hard work, but they did it. We need to be careful what we do. Because it affects others. And you're going to answer for that. In your last days. Now. Job 2.3. We dealt with this. And Job was fair to his servants. If they complained he listened. He was their employer. But he did not imagine that he was more important than them. And Job himself was a servant of God. Which I just said. Now, Jesus also taught on this too. In Matthew chapter 4, 24, verses 48 through 51. And I encourage you to write that scripture down. Read back, back it up a little bit. Write it down and read it. Because of time restraints, you know, we, we got to go with this. Jesus taught from that verse, Only a wicked servant would be cruel to other servants. If you're being cruel to your employees purposely or your family members or someone you're in charge of you'll be cruel to other servants. That's like your presidents. Not your servants but people over you. And it will cause your people to be cruel to people. That's sad. That's not an effective Christian leader, which 
I preached about two weeks ago. And again, you know, I'm not trying to get a plug for God's Internet Church Online Service, but that one was essential, how to be an essential Christian leader. leader. Okay. Now we're going to look at verses 16 to 23. 16 to 23. And time is getting away from us, so we might might go the whole distance because we've been on the air for 40 minutes. 16 to 23. I was not cruel to the poor people. I did not make willows cry. Share my food. I fed my children who had no father. I fed the children who had no father. In fact, I brought up that child as if I, I were his father. And I have always looked after the widows. Sometimes I was a poor man who was very cold without enough clothing. So I gave a coal to that man. And the coal was wool. And the wool came from my own sheep. And that man blessed me. I did not oppose the child who had no father. Instead, I helped him in the court. Anyone who oppressed that child should suffer. If a man uses his hand to cause trouble for that child, then that man should lose his arm. I knew that God punished an evil man, so I respected God and I did not do evil things. Let's go to the book of Matthew, chapter 25. The book of Matthew, chapter 25. The book of Matthew, chapter 25. And we're going to look at verses 34 to 36. 34. Then shall the king say unto them of his right hand, Come ye blessed of the Father, and here the kingdom prepare for you from the foundation of the world. I was an, I was and hungered and ye gave me meat. I was a thirst and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and ye took me in. Naked you clothed me and I was sick ye visited me. I was in person and ye came unto me. And we're going to keep reading it says then shall the righteous answer him saying Lord when, when saw we there and hunger and fed thee, or thirst and gave thee drink? When saw we a stranger and looked thee in, or naked and clothed thee? Or when saw we sick and in prison and came unto thee? And the king answered and say unto them, Very I say unto you, insomuch as ye have done it on once, on one, the least of thee, my brethren, you have done it unto me. Then shall he say unto them that left on the left hand, Depart from me, ye, ye curse into everlasting fire, prepare for the devil, and has an angel. For I was hungered, and ye gave me no meat. I thirst, and ye gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and he took me not, and naked. He clothed me, and not sick in the prison. Clothed me not, sick in prison, and ye visit not me not. 
And then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when we thee a hunger and or a thirst, and strange or naked or sick or in prison, and did not minister unto thee, then shall I answer them, saying, Very I say unto you, insomuch as ye did not to one of the, the least of these, you did not to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into everlasting life. Many people today do not think that they should hope to poor people. And many people are only generous to their own friends and families. But the Bible teaches that we should be generous to the other people also. Paul explained that God will reward the giver. Job helped many people. He helped the widow. He helped children who had nobody to look after them. He gave gifts to his poorest people. Sometimes he came and can, can use our money to help people, but sometimes they can we they can do not need our money. Job chose carefully how to help each person. Job was kind to the widow in verse 16. And Job's verse 17 needed some to look after him. Job acted as he was the child's father. The, pop, the poor man in verse 19 was cold. Job gave him good warm clothes. Job in verse 21 needed to help in court. Job acted as his lawyer. Job did all these things because he respected God. And God, and God had made Job rich. So Job shared his wealth with these other people. And the other side of that, if we didn't, he, he did that, he did that unto God when he helped people. So if you turn people away in their time of need, you're turning God away. Think about that. And the ones that didn't help those people, we read in Matthew, they went to the lake of fire. And how many of those people were good people, but they wouldn't help people? Think about that. We have six more thoughts here. We're going to try to get with this, finish it up, but we've got like 14 minutes left. So we'll see how, how far we get. If we don't finish it, we'll, we'll finish. We'll pick up where we left off. Hallelujah. God is good. And he's good all the time. Okay. Job's attitude regarding wealth. And that's verses 24 and 25. I did not trust my wealth. I did not imagine that God provides my security. I was not proud because I was rich. I was not proud because of my success. And we, we read in Job, Money became like a false god 
for many people. They think that money can rescue them from any trouble, and they would do anything to get more money. And that comes from Matthew 6.24 and 1 Timothy 6.10. Basically saying money is the root of all evil. It can deliver to anything. But let me tell you something, saints. It can't make, it can't make you to heaven. You can't buy your way into heaven. Think about that. Job had been wealthy, but Job trusted God. Job did not trust his money. We have seen his already. After Job lost all his possessions, Job immediately appraised God. In Job one twenty, so God, so was God, so God was much more important to Job than money. We got to learn to trust God on our money because our money can be gone tomorrow. We got to trust God and let him guide us and bring us through. So let's look at verses 26 and 27. Job's attitude with regard to false gods. Okay, Job put his emphasis on the other thought ahead of his money and on God. Job's attitude regardless to false gods. Verses 26 and 27. I saw the sunlight, but I did not pray to the sun. I saw the bright moon, but the moon was not my God. Even in secret, I did not give honor to either the sun or the moon. Verse 28. Such actions will also be evil. God is the only real God. I knew that I must always be loyal to God in heaven. Many people choose the sun and the moon as their gods. In areas that do not have lights, in the streets, moon is very impressive. And especially in the hot country like Job, the sun is very powerful. But Job did not pray to the sun nor the moon. Job only prayed to the real God who is in heaven. we got to give God the glory and worship God, not things around us. Bottom line. And a lot of people do that. From actors, leaders, to, to the sun, the clouds, and the moons. If you make something more important than God, even money, you're worshiping a false god. You got to keep God at the presence. Even though you enjoy the moon and the sun and the money, you put emphasis on thanking God that he gave this stuff to you. The attitudes of regarding to enemies. Verses 29 and 30. It says, When my enemies suffered, I was not happy. I was not pleased to hear about his troubles. I did not desire his death. I never prayed that I might kill him. Such words would be wicked. Many people want revenge. In other words, they want their enemies to suffer. But the Bible teaches us such attitudes are wrong in Romans chapter 12 and through 19, chapter 12 verse 19. Instead, we should pray for our enemies, Matthew 5:44, and we should even be kind to them. Romans 12 verses 20 and 21. So in other words, we need to pray for them, not hate them. Job's attributes with guarding 
to strangers. Verse 31 to 32, I was always generous. My servants used my used to say, everybody eats Job's meat. I did not allow strangers to sleep in the streets. I invited every traveler into my house. Like Job, we should be kind to strangers. We may invite people to our homes. We may provide a meal. The Bible says that sometimes people have invited angels, God's servants from heaven, to stay with them. And all these people did not even realize that angels were their guests. Hebrews 13.2 You might be entertaining an angel at a party you threw. Or, or bring someone in to live with you for a while. That you they needed help. Or, or giving a ride to somebody. You might be entertaining an angel. And you need to realize that. No matter how they smell or look. We need to be like Job and help. Job's attitude regarding to his own evil deeds. Verses 33 and 34. I am not pretending that I am totally innocent. I do not hide my evil deeds like Adam. You can see that I am not afraid of gossip. I allow my people to laugh at me. I am not silent. I do not hide. I go outside where everybody can accuse me. Adam was the first man, and we refused to obey God's command. Then Adam hid from God in Genesis 3.8. But the second line of verse 33 could also mean, I do not hide my evil deeds like other men do. In other words, he don't hide from God like Adam did when he sinned. Job did not hide. He allowed his friends to accuse him. In, in fact, he was also Job 2.13. So anybody could speak to him. The youth laughed at Job, but nobody could come with evidence of Job's evil deeds. Job did not pretend to be better than he was. really was. Later, God would show that Job's error to him, and Job confessed his mistakes. Job 40, verses 2 through 5, which we haven't got to yet, and Job 42, verses 1 through 6. One, six. This should be our attitude, too. We should not try to hide our evil deeds. We should confess these things to God. Proverbs twenty-eight thirteen, And God will forgive us. 1 John 1, 9. Okay. But Job does not know who accused him. But Job does not know who accused him. Verses 35 to 40. But I wish that someone would hear me. I record record this evidence of my judge. Please, God, please answer me if you are my accuser. Write your words in a book. The book would be more important to me than anything else. I would want everybody to see it. And I would explain all my actions to God. I would be like a prince and God would be my king. So I could meet God. Surely the ground does not accuse me. I did not cause my farm workers to cry because their work was too hard. I paid for the people who harvest my crops. I was not cruel to the farmers who worked on my land. But if 
I did these evil things. I deserve to suffer. If I did these things, I deserve to harvest the weeds instead of the wheat. If I did such things, then I deserve nothing good. Job's speeches, Job's speech was finished. Allow, Job allowed everyone to accuse him. Verse, verse 34, and his friends did accuse him. Job 22, 4-9. Job did not really want his friends to accuse him. They had no evidence anyways, but there was someone who Job wanted to wanted to accuse him. Job believed that God caused Job's trouble. Job could not explain why God would do this. Job wanted to go to God's court. Job wanted to confident that God would listen, and Job was confident that God would be fair. Job's thought that God was his accuser, but chapter 1 and 2 of Job teaches us that this idea was not correct. Satan the devil was Job's accuser, and Satan caused Job's problem. Job respected God, and greatly so. Job believed that God's word would be wonderful, even if God accused Job. God's word would still be wonderful through all his troubles. Job hoped that God would speak to him. Job's words were very precious to Job. In Job twenty-three twelve, verse thirty-seven, Job would be like a prince, a ruler, when he met God. Job had always been. Always been loyal to God, so unlike Job's friends, God would not act as if Job was hopeless. God would not, would give to Job honor and Job deserved. The Bible says that Christians are God's royal priest, 1 Peter 2.9. And Revelations 1.6 describes us as kings and priests, such as in the honor that God gives to his people. But we must not be proud we are only God's people because Jesus died for us without God's love. We should be hopeless. We sh we should be hopeless. Huh? Verses 38 through 40. Job finishes his speech with the words about the ground. He had often spoke about the soil at the end of precious speeches. The, the Bible says that God created man from earth. And when a person dies, his body returns to the grave and the soil. Of course, the ground is not a person, so it cannot really accuse anyone. But it seems to Job that the ground was trying to reclaim his body. And the ground has been a person. It should have reasons to accuse Job. Job was fair to his farm workers. Job respected God, showed in everything that Job did. Job thought that he would soon die. Then his friends would return his body to the ground. And Job would cultivate the soil of Job's farm. And the weeds would grow instead of the wheat. Job finished his speech with these sad words. You know, basically it's straightforward. Job wanted to know at the end who was his accuser. And he thought it was God, and he wanted God to come to him so he can go to God and defend himself, and God would listen and redeem him. He said he wanted it in the book. 
so people can look. Well, he got his wish. The book of Job was wrote about Job. And it shows that the devil was doing all this to him. 